Welcome to Backboard Banter on the board with your hosts, Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner, where the banter's ass ferocious as Giannis at the All-Star Game, man. 16 for 16, 3-3 three three with that step back. Ooh, he was a monster. Dude, he was looking like rookie Giannis with that silky smooth KD jump shot. Well, you know, with, with Durant having to sit out, someone had to put in those shots like that, but... Man, Giannis was just taking every opportunity he could. I remember when he was 15-15 and the announcers were like, no, no, don't shoot it. And then they were just hyped when he finally made it in. Like, what a weird all-star game. Man, it was a it was a show for sure. Um, I love the the joking back and forth between Giannis and Nikola Jokic. That was they're really funny together. And Giannis even said after the game that they should get a TV show, the Nico and Yanni show. That'd be high entertainment. I, I, I'd watch that. Those two guys, they would put on high quality entertainment for sure. Man, it would be super funny to watch. But let's not talk too much about the All Star game because we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, Kev, did you want to bring up that tier list that you saw on Reddit? Okay, so I didn't I didn't see it on Reddit, but it definitely showed up on Reddit. So I woke up this morning. Um, shout out to Saints and Sinners Lounge, this Discord channel, my boys, and uh, one of my friends from Oklahoma posted this this tier list, which pure trash, man, pure trash. This guy, notable things I have to point out. Um, this random tier list from Twitter off of at at Streamerware. I don't know, shouldn't be mentioned. Whatever. Rockets in in the A tier. Um, OKC in the D tier. Like, mad disappointment all around. Dude, he has Minnesota, a one, not in the last <laughs> tier, which is wild, in the same tier as the 76ers, who are leading the Eastern Conference, and the Jazz, who are leading the league. Yeah, I don't this know. This wild. This guy woke up and, like, wanted to start a battle this morning, but I just thought it was hilarious. And they, they pulled me in as, like, the resident basketball knowledge, being like, okay, can you, get, can you rip on this guy? And I was like, oh shaking my hands together. I got a lot to say about this, but uh, I don't know. Some people, I guess they're uh, very opinionated, even if they're wrong. Yeah, man, definitely some people just want to put out an opinion just to get a reaction. Um, it is what it is, though. So <laughs> your your tiers list was way better, man. I mean, I used my brain and I put teams kind of where they belong with a little bit of semblance of normality. But uh, man, I don't want to go too far into this tier list because I can't say that I know everything. I did go 0-4 last week on my takes at that All-Star game, but we can come back into it later because you did beat me. Uh, I, I got I got some lucky lucky material in there, man. I uh, bet on some some sure things, you know, with that Steph Curry uh, three-point shooting contest. Greatest shooter ever? Um, yeah. But I did bring the curse to the NHL, buddy. Uh, we've been talking about those Leafs uh, just kind of rolling along, steamrolling the North Division, and this was their real first hiccup. Uh, they went 0 for 3 in, in between our recordings. Two losses to Vancouver, a heartbreaking loss to Winnipeg. Um, I still think they're the class of the division, but that was their first real hiccup. It was the first time that they've lost three games under Sheldon Keith. So Man, it was pretty big for them. You did to the Leafs what I did to the Jazz the week before. Like, <laughs> unfortunate, but it happens. Yeah, man. We always got to find that one team that we always curse. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, uh, but before I get too far into the NHL, you know, we got to do that COVID. This is the first time since we've been recording with the new season of the NHL that there hasn't been postponements between our episodes. Hey. So congratulations, NHL. Uh, golf clap for that one. <laughs> <laughs> There's three players currently on the list. Kyle Turris, Eric Halla, and Marcus Sorensen. Now, it doesn't mean that they have COVID, but contract contact tracing and all that. 
So they're on the list, but hey, no postponement. Pumped for them. I did want to talk about Buffalo just really before I got into it a, a little bit deeper because Buffalo, man, like we talked about last week, is just having a horrible season. They've won two games of their last 14, and it has just been a nightmare season for them. I want to talk about the fact that it's really the goaltending that's letting them down at this point. They have two goalies that have 14 games between them and an 886 save percentage combined. Oh, ouch. That, that's worse than Carey Price, man. And he was having a bad, bad season up until this week. Yeah, that's definitely so, not something that you want to roll into the season to with two guys, right? Yeah, man. Uh, and they're finally starting to get Linus Allmark some starts, who's got a 919 save percentage, but that team just uh, like bleeds, bleeds high-end chances from the back end. And Jack Eichel's not really... He doesn't look like the same player that he did last year. I don't know what's going on with him. He's only got 18 points in 21 games. Only he's got two goals. Um, Sam Reinhardt's been their best player, which is major surprise for me. And they don't have one player who's like plus on their team. It's it's a gong show out there. It's unfortunate oh. to hear that because you know I still remember however many years ago it was when I was like big into the NHL and they had that star goaltender from uh, that was playing for Team Ryan Miller. Yeah, exactly. That my my brother and my dad were sitting next to in a in an airport one day and my dad texted me and was like, "Yo, who's this random famous guy beside me? I have no idea who he is." And then he sent me a picture and I was like, "Yeah, I, I can't help with that. Sorry." But yeah, that's unfortunate for Buffalo, dude. Very unfortunate for them, man. But. They'll secure themselves a high-end lottery pick this year if the draft does happen. It looks like it should. They were talking about pushing it back because, you know, the scouting and everything, yeah. it's harder this year. But at the end of the day, man, these kids have been on scouts' radars for the past, you know, five, six years. Oh, yeah. You should know who's coming up in the draft. Anyone who matters has been looked at for the past five years minimum, let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, you, you do miss out on your late risers and your late bloomers, but at the end of the day, you'll just pick them up in the next next draft. Hey so man, it's not a big deal. Bet on yourself, right? Like, if you've got the talent, you will find your way into the league. Like, we've seen it left and right, no matter what sport you're going into these days. Definitely, man. As, as long as you have the talent and the drive, you can get there. Um, you know who has no drive right now to do anything? The Nashville Predators. Ooh, ouch. The... They have a good roster, man. Top to bottom, it, it looks like a solid team, but they have just been floundering all season. And it goes back to that old saying that your top players have to be your top players because they've got Ryan Johansson and Matt Duchesne who are making about $16 million between the two of them and have 16 points. So they're paying basically a million per point with these guys. No. And they've got a team like the Edmonton Oilers who aren't necessarily a juggernaut by any means. But with $22 million invested in McDavid and Dreisaitl, they've combined for 90 points. McDavid has 48 in 28 games, man. That's just insane to me. Pretty ridiculous stat line for sure. Oh, man. Him and Matthews, Matthews with his 20 goals in 24 games with a wrist injury is just absolutely wild. Um, have no idea how these guys can do it, but... Man, they're doing it. I did want to touch on some rookies because, you know, we are at that halfway point, Kev. 
crazy to think. Yeah, very crazy. We've got that. We've got one guy in Minnesota who's kind of running away with it right now. Kirill the Thrill Kaprizov. He's got 20 points in 24 games for Minnesota. Um, he's got a five-point gap on two Ottawa rookies, uh, Strutzla and, um, I believe, Batherson. And so, but I mean, Strutzla's playing pretty well for an 18-year-old. He might pick it up, but I think it's it's Kirill at this point. He's got it almost locked down. Him and uh, his goalie, who's a rookie, Kapo Kakinen are both having phenomenal seasons for the Wild and a reason why they're actually in the hunt in that West Division. That and uh, the goalie out in Chicago, Kevin Lekkinen, Lekkinen, uh, these Finnish goalies, man. I appreciate I appreciate your attempts through all this because you've been doing real, real good with some of these names that I definitely would have also fumbled over. Yeah, man. They're, they're tough when, uh, when they're coming from Finland, Switzerland, Sweden, Germany, all over the place, global, you know? Global sports. Yeah, gotta love it though, because mm-hmm. um, you get the top end talent, and this goal, these two goalies from Finland, man, are having phenomenal seasons. So I already mentioned uh, Kapo uh, Kakinen, who's got 14 games started. He's 11 and four, 219 nine goals against average, and a 922 save percentage. And then you've got this guy Kevin, who's got 17 games started. He's nine four and four for Chicago with a 917 save percentage. Wow. But they were supposed to be really bad this year, man. And he has ranked fourth in goals saved above replacement and second in goalie point share. So he's been doing a phenomenal job. The two goalies and Kirill the Thrill, those are my rookies, but it's got to go to Kirill. Oh, I mean, I like that nickname a lot. So uh, he, he gets my vote just on that alone. Dude, he's a phenomenal skater. This guy has amazing edge work, and it's one of the reasons why he's just absolutely killing it in the NHL in today's today's game. You know, skating is one of the reasons why my buddy, my the want of my heart to be amazing at hockey, Yesberry Kakanyemi, he's looked good though lately, man. They've finally given him some help on his line mates. He's got seven points in eight games since the coaching change. And confidence, man. Confidence can do wonders for young players. And I'm just so happy to see him absolutely tearing it up. Another positive week for KK. And Matt's happy talking about the Canadians on the rip. Woo, that gets me pretty excited over here. Very, very excited, especially after the Montreal Canadiens had a decent week. They had a 7-1 win against Winnipeg and a 5-1 win last night against Vancouver. They probably should have beat Vancouver in the other game. They're playing back-to-back tonight against Calgary, so we're going to take this one with a grain of salt because hmm. uh, they've got excuse meters out the wazoo right now. Last game was in less than 20 hours ago. They had to change time zones. They had to travel. Uh, Calgary's playing under their new coach, so they're going to come out like gangbusters, but... I really think the Montreal Canadiens can still win this game. And I, I think that they might be a big threat in this division. I still think that it's Toronto who's probably going to skate away with it at this point of the season. But, hey, man, I'm just pumped to see my Montreal Canadiens turn what was a horrible 10-game stretch around. It's been, a, it's been an interesting season for you with, like, your emotional roller coaster with this Canadian team, right? Like, we started the season and you were like, up on cloud nine and things were going great and then it just like fell flat to earth and now we're like rebounding in the positivity so i'm glad to see it my dude 
Yeah, man. I was definitely thinking I was going to get a Stanley Cup parade, <laughs> and then I was thinking I was getting a lottery pick. All in a span of two weeks. <laughs> so, like, yeah, who knows what the rest of the season will bring you, my man. But uh, positivity for KK, happiness for you. I'll take that any week. Definitely, man. I think we can move to the hard court now. I mean, hey, I'm always down. We'll start with COVID. Two new tests this week. Man, Embiid and Simmons, they're still in contract tracing. Not positive, which, like, I'm going to I'm gonna hold off on that until we start talking about All-Star Weekend because I'm going to go off a little bit. Nurse came out. He slammed those health protocol reports because he said that we were doing our job as a coaching staff. So I have no idea what is actually going on, whether that outbreak was really due to the Toronto staff, you know, not properly following procedures or whether it's just, you know, things happen. And at the end of the day, you can't do anything about it, right? Well, we mentioned it last week that it was because of the coaching staff, but I'm so glad that Nick Nurse came out and he he refuted it. And I love the way that he said, you know, like, show me the pictures, show me the evidence that you have to say that we weren't doing our jobs because no, our coaching staff is doing their jobs and, and we're, we're doing everything in our power to keep these players safe from COVID. It's a pandemic. It's going to happen. Exactly. And it's like, you know, our reports came from where we get all of our sources. It's not like we're talking to Nick Nurse directly. Like imagine I'd love that opportunity, but yeah. So I'm glad that he did come out. I'm with you on that, Matt. Like it was good for him to, you know, defend and support his team. A hundred percent, man. He's got to defend his coaching staff and he's got to defend himself. So I love to see the fight from a Raptor. Mm -hmm. All right. So on the injuries front, not too much this week, Uh, Atlanta still hurting. Cam Reddish, is, he just went through an Achilles procedure. They don't know how long that's going to take, but they're going to reevaluate in a week or two. Uh, DeAndre Hunter is apparently going to be out for another two weeks. Like That team, Matt, has been struggling with injuries, struggling with chemistry, trying to figure it out, and it's really unfortunate for Atlanta right now. Absolutely, man. Trey Young is Trey Young and John Collins are the only guys who have played really, really consistently for them, and uh, they've just been missing their pieces. Like you said, man, Cam Reddish, Bogdan. Um, now you've got um, Hunter going out. It's just, it's tough because we thought that they were going to be a, a solid competing team this year, competing for the playoffs. And I mean, they're still kind of in the hunt, but with these injuries, I think they're going to fall out. You know what their biggest issue has been, though? It's It's been Trey Young, unfortunately. I wish I had this stat, Matt, because I was reading it somewhere. There's somebody in the league who is, like, I don't know, unexpected, who has been shooting more three-pointers than Trey Young this season. Like, he has not looked amazing. I think he has quietly had a not great season, but part of that, of course, is due to the team around him. Like, he thrives off of having a positive experience with the players around him. So I do not fault him, and that's probably why the media may not be bringing it up as much. That and his stats are good, man. Like, when you look at his stats, he's got 26.5 points, 9.5 assists, 4.2 rebounds, 430 field goals, 378 on three point, and 878 for, for free throws. So the free, is so, he shooting, like, 10 free throws a game, though, right now? Because I know that that's been, like, a big part of it. Yeah, man. He's definitely been getting to the line a lot lately. Um, but that's what happens when you're a young star in, in the NBA, man. They put you at the line as often as they can. Mm-hmm. Facts, facts. Okay, so the only other big, like, I guess, injury of note is that Marcus Smart is going to be returning to the Celtics. He's missed 18 games, 
And I know that the Celtics have had their defensive woes, so I think he'll be a big, important piece for the coming back. And with Kemba playing better and hopefully not going to get injured himself, like the Celtics may make a push for the top of the table in this East that is very, very interesting right now. Super interesting. I don't know if they can make a push for the top of the table, but at the end of the day, Marcus Smart, we've talked about him before, a heart and soul player. He does a lot for that team that goes unnoticed. And he's a good glue guy. So they're definitely going to be happy to have him back. I'm super upset as a Raptors fan <laughs> to see him back because he is a Raptor killer, unfortunately. Oh, he really is. Matt, you're right. I have to take a step back. When I said top of the table, my brain was thinking, you know, getting over this hump of this middle pack that is all seemingly fighting for that, you know, uh, entrance into the playoffs, but not quite first round by. I think you know if if Celt if if you know Smart can come back and be a strong piece that the Celtics need, he can really you know join the Bucks, the Nets, and the Sixers in that like tier above right now that is kind of proving themselves as like the top teams in the East. Oh yeah, man, I could see that. Those those are the three teams that have kind of really separated themselves from the rest of the pack at this point, and uh, one of them. Decided to add Blake Griffin. Oh, man. Matt, <laughs> the rich get richer. Um, Blake is a, is a star player that has been middling on this Detroit Pistons team. He hasn't played that much. The guy dropped $13 million off his contract, so he's still making over $60 million to potentially go and ring chase this year with the Nets. Is this fair, Matt? Is this okay? Like, It's crazy to think. Man, I don't know if it's fair, but he did it. Yeah. So, like, he's he used to be a, an absolute stud. He's kind of regressed in the past few seasons. Um, but he's going to provide a lot to that Nets team. And we called it last week, man, that he was probably going to go to the Nets, that he was probably just going to go look into ring chase. And that's exactly what he did, man. Um, are we going to discount KD's championship if they win? That's the real interesting point. Right. Because, I mean, I really hope that Griffin fits in like playing with DeAndre Jordan again will be really fun. And like, I'm interested to see whether he will be a part of the starting rotation, whether he's going to come off the bench because that team doesn't like they have so many options to play whoever they want around any combination of Kyrie and Harden and KD. And obviously they've been, you know, not missing a beat with KD and his injuries. But if they don't at least get to a conference final this year, it will be an absolute disappointment, an absolute failure. And if they do win, it's completely possible that people will once again question KD and his greatness. Yeah, man, he may as well have just stayed in Golden State. Like what? You need Kyrie, Harden, Blake Griffin, potentially Andre Drummond, and DeAndre Jordan to win a championship? Are you really that great? Uh, I thought I thought the Drummond rumors was that he was going to go join the Lakers because Marcus Saul has not been working out too great for them. But if he joined, oh man, if Drummond if Drummond joined the Nets, that would be stupid. Yeah, man, it would be absolutely wild. But the Nets are the hottest team in the league right now at nine and one, uh, in their last ten. So the rich get richer, and that path to the finals just looks all the more secured for them. So true. You did bring up the Warriors, Matt, and the rumors right now is that apparently they're looking at Oladipo. I know that the Rockets are kind of in their free fall, what, 13 consecutive losses? Like, they're looking to make money, and if you're the Rockets right now, you're probably uh, wanting Karis Levert over Oladipo potentially right now. 
Yeah, I think uh, that's definitely a plan for them. That 13-game losing streak is bad, and they need to start something. They need to start getting pieces. I know that they've got a ton of draft capital, but hey, you don't draft studs at the back of the first round, that's for sure. No, no, especially in a weird year like this, but uh, time will tell. I mean, I'm sure Oladipo would love an opportunity to play for a team that's better than the Rockets, considering his age. But uh, we will see from here. I do want to bring up Matt Ilyasova joining the Jazz. Another three-point shooter joining a three-point team that I'm hopefully is just affected by my curse and not by any true woes. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think he adds a lot to that team. I think he was um, sorely missed last season on the Bucks squad when he left and so i think the three-point shooting from a big man is gonna do uh give them a little bit more spacing give them a little bit more options and uh again jazz are are a fantastic phenomenal team that's playing that team game and they've added another piece that could just slide right in there honestly i think that he was sorely underrated in his time in the bucks i think he's one of the underrated players of the league I mean, the Jazz, we could talk about the Jazz. They had a little blip last week, but I think that he will be a great addition. And I and I always am excited for, you know, players to come back and have opportunities to play for good teams. The big yeah. crazy thing that came out last night, I'm pretty sure, is when it really started, is that Aldridge and the Spurs have mutually agreed to part ways. He's moving on. I don't know exactly where he would fit, Matt, but it's another player that could be... Portland. Oh, I mean, the return Portland. to Portland? Yeah, man. I'm pretty sure the Portland Trailblazers tweeted out something about looking at LaMarcus Aldridge to add him. And Damian Lillard was all about it, man. That would be a great reunion for the two of them. Portland's doing well at 21 and 14. They're keeping up with the likes of the Clippers, the Lakers. And they're doing that without Nurkic, too, who's been down with injuries. So, man, you're you're selling it to me. You're right. Like, he would be a good fit. Yeah. I think he would be a fantastic fit on that roster. I think he's like a better Enos Cantor. Agreed. It's just, I think it's a perfect fit. Can we just say that Cantor's been playing great? Like, doing a fantastic job. Above note. Yes. uh, Yeah, you're right, Matt. I think you sold it on to me. Uh, Who knows? Maybe maybe just like how we talked about Griffin last week, we could be talking about Aldridge this week in that situation. But... uh, yeah, after after thinking about him and where he could go and what might be the options, I didn't see a potential route, and now I see one potential route. So, you got me on board, Matt. <laughs> well, man, at thirty five, he's still got a little bit left in the tank. He's not having, you know, his greatest statistical season or even an average statistical season for him. But on that Portland squad, I mean, they showed it with Melo. They were able to rehabilitate rehabilitate him. Maybe they'll be able to rehabilitate Aldridge, and he was drafted there. He's played there for years, so I'd love to see him go back and and them to make a deep playoff run with the two of them. That would definitely be a a very fun reunion. Matt, we're two weeks away from the trade deadline, so, you know, next couple episodes we'll have some spicy things happening. You know, we'll have a couple of moves here and there, and who knows, the market may look completely different this time next week. Yeah. Yeah. It could be quite different, man. Do you have any other trade, or do you want to move on to the All-Star? I think that's everything that I've got on my list. I think we can move into the All-Star game, and oh, man, Matt, it almost happened. The craziness, the fact that we said that it might happen, 
COVID almost made its way into the league. You know, Simmons and Embiid getting that nice, fresh cut before the game, before they get on TV and cameras, and thankfully they weren't infected. Thankfully nobody else got sick, but Matt, we were this close to disaster. Dude, you were joking about it before the recording that uh, you were going to hot take or mystic predict the fact that there was going to be COVID in there to, to curse it so that it wouldn't, and the fact that you almost didn't, almost let it go back in there. Man, I... <laughs> Like, I think my joke was, like, the curse coming in and just being like, eh? Eh? See what I can do? Like, it's scary, Matt. It's crazy, though, that, like, you know, at least we've proved that at least if you go and get a haircut, if you if you do it right, you may not be able to transfer COVID. But it's crazy how we almost had everything shut down. And if, if even one of them had gotten positive and played a game and an hour or two later and it spreads, like, you know, we were joking alternate dimension, alternate reality right now, like, there's no NBA basketball. The league is shut down. Everybody's sick. Like, it's it's crazy, Matt. And that is a sad, sad universe. But thankfully, hey. we do not live in it. And we had a, we live in the universe. We had an okay where... kind of fire weekend. Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, I think the All-Star weekend, as fun as it is and as amazing as it is, really depends on the slam dunk competition for me. I think that is the marquee event. That is um, what people really gal- gather to see. I know Marissa was super excited to watch the skills competition, the three-point shooting, but I know that the, th- the slam dunk competition was what she sat down to watch for. Do you want to talk about the slam dunk competition right away? I mean, I'm down, was- I'm down to open up with it because I think the problem was just name power. As much as it was great to watch them do what they did, and you know, we had a couple of good dunks, but... People, you know, it's All-Star Weekend. We want to see the best of the best of the best. And, like, as much as it was great to watch some rookies come in and throw some sick dunks, like, I would have loved a rookie dunk contest and an All-Star dunk contest together. You know what I mean? Like, if you're only going to have that many dunks... I mean, I think D-Wade was saying it, that, like, there needed to be a dunk-off at the end because it was just, like, a kind of sad finish, you know, with with the way that it ended. Uh, But I will say, shout-out to Simons. Like, if that man had actually kissed that rim... Like, the internet would be broken, and we wouldn't be talking about one of the greatest dunks in the history of all time. So, I do have to mention that. Oh, man. See, I'm on the opposite end of that. I think that was such a lame dunk. He got five inches away from the rim, and he, with his face, and then he dunks it. And that's how he won? Like, I'm sorry. I didn't know this was a how high can you jump competition <laughs> i thought it was how cool of a dunk can you do obi toppin dunking over two six foot eight men mm-hmm. like i thought obi toppin definitely deserved that win i didn't love his first dunk because zach levine did it in a layup line the week before yeah so i mean <laughs> zach levine though he's a special guy to me the whole event was ruined after the first dunk when Cassius Stanley went yeah. between went a three point shot, grabbed it between the leg that he jumped off of, and dunked it with his left hand. Yeah, they gave him a forty four. Man, what was that? That was absolutely atrocious judging. Or forty six. It was atrocious judging. I mean, Obi's dunk was good. Was not as good as that first one. No man, it was and a forty four. 
Anthony Simons just picked a ball off of a high point. Okay. Like, cool, I get it. You can jump high. You've got a 46-inch vertical. You know who else had great vertical leaps? Zach Levine and Michael Jordan. They also had fantastic dunks. Like, it was it was lame. Man. I was very disappointed. I'm with you. I completely agree with you. And that's why I'm saying, like, if he actually had to kiss the rim, it would have been insane. But, yeah, it was... It was just a, a di- I don't want to say disappointment as the main word to use, but when you think about the dunk contest, you think flashy, you think showtime, you know, and I don't think we got that this year. And that's why I was like, please give me Zion, give me something. So I'm hoping that if the NBA is going to keep this going, like you have to get big names, you have to sell it, you have to make it a, a thing where I would love if you didn't know who was coming into the dunk contest and you had all of these like social media campaigns in the background where like who's it gonna be like mass singer style kind of thing and then on the night you're like oh my gosh this person showed up and did these crazy dunks because like it, it, it needs something to spice it up because you're right Matt it wasn't exciting this year yeah it's it's that showtime factor you think about Blake Griffin jumping over a car yeah. you think about uh, Dwight Howard putting on the Superman suit. You think about Aaron Gordon jumping a mascot and going between his legs or underneath his legs, grabbing that ball. Like none, none of those dunks had that high of entertainment value. And I, I would, I would not mind if they did like a mystery kind of show or if they got some better names, Jar Zion. But hey, man, it is what it is. It was in the middle of the game, so at least it, it took a little pressure off the competition being that high-value, high-propensity thing on a Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Normally, they do it the night before. So that was nice. I did like the skills competition. I was super surprised that DeMonte Savonis won it. I unfortunately missed you? it. I didn't make it in time to get to watch the skills competition. I was uh, getting home from work, and then I had to watch Attack on Titan because it's Attack on Titan Sunday. But... I was super, I was very surprised. Yeah, Sabonis killed it. I really was kind of hoping Vucevic would get it in the end because I really wanted that like pink diamond two K my team Vucevic cards. But that's beside the point. Um, skills competition. It's it's a fun event, but again, like not what we're all here for at the end of the day, right? Yeah, man. And unfortunately, I missed that one in my mystery prediction too. I went with Luca, who didn't even change. Out of his tracksuit, oh, he just didn't even try. Oh. Jalen Brunson hitting him up on Twitter, and he's like, "Oh, I didn't warm up, bro. You didn't take that thing seriously. <laughs> he looked so bad." Oh, poor guy. Yeah, that he was just you know making sure that you started off on the wrong foot. You know, hey, I had I had Robert Covington, and I'm like, he did okay. So it is what it is. Yeah, he did okay. Yeah. But your boy did have Steph Curry. Steph Curry with the shot. I was wrong last week. He did win the three-point competition back in 2015. It was 2016 when he lost to Clay. That was the time that I was thinking that he was in it. Um, but the man went three of four on the Mountain Dew balls. That was wild. That is specifically in place for a guy like him and Lillard, eh? Oh, yeah, of course. It was a great addition. But uh, how about Mike Conley, you know, showing up in the placement to, to make Curry have to really put it in at the end and make him work for it? Oh, man, I know, man. Mike Conley, he went to work. The guy had a 28 and a 27. That's phenomenal, man. Uh, He only got beat by Curry in both rounds, 30 and 28. So good for him. Uh, It was a a great time for him to be there. I'm happy that he made it. But uh, Hmm. your boy Steph, greatest shooter of all time. That's the thing, right? Like, that three-point contest, like, I couldn't imagine having to go up against the greatest shooter ever and then, like, just to look at the other players around there taking shots. Like, 
I was sad that Zach Levine didn't go very far, but you know, it is what it is. Not the end of the day for me, but uh, I think the three-point contest was uh, pretty fire, but you have to thank Curry for those type of antics. Oh, yeah, man. And the little interview that he did in the middle of the All-Star game with uh, Reggie Miller, and uh, Miller asked him, did you pull a Larry Bird and walk in and say, who's shooting for second? And he goes, man, sometimes you don't even have to say anything. People just know. <laughs> right? <laughs> Steph Curry walks out of the court and you're shooting threes. Hmm. What is everybody thinking? Like, exactly. Man, but the game was actually super, super entertaining. You know, there's no defense in the All-Star game, and they're just kind of messing around. So you you get a lot of fun things to happen, those big bounce passes, a Curry alley-oop, a CP3 alley-oop dunk. Like, Lillard had one as that well. That was wild. What? Lillard threw down, an, threw down a, a, an oop as well. Like, Matt, I was loving you know, the the short kings putting in work in this all-star game. I think that that CP3 jump ball against Conley was the greatest moment oh. of the entire thing and needs to become a staple of the all-star game. Like, I don't care if it's just one quarter. The shortest guys in the court need to do some jump balls because everybody loved that. Everybody, man. The casual fans, the NBA players. It was just fun to see and I love CP3, how aggressive he is. And, and you can tell that he doesn't like to lose, even in an exhibition game. The guy was jumping before the ball even was there. Oh, yeah, it was gorgeous. Beal was shooting some fantastic three-point shots, you know, let alone what Lillard and Curry were doing. And, Matt, I'm sad for you because you wanted Zion to be MVP. And I swear, if some of those early lobs had have gone in for him, Right, I think that he could have thrown down like twenty lobs this game because in the second he was putting him down with confidence, but he missed like what three or four in the first. That really quieted him, in my opinion. Oh, hundred percent, man. He did not come out ready to to throw down, and he was missing some easy dunks and trying to make him a little bit too fancy. But that's what the All Star game is about. You got a guy like Giannis who. Banked in two threes, like step back threes with guys in his face. How often is that going to happen for Giannis? Never, never. Like, he was laughing so hard. I love the mic'd up moments where he's just like, just hand it to me. The guy's in the paint, man. I'll take the shot. It's fine. Like, it was so good. I'm glad they had so much fun. The passing, oh my gosh, Matt. The passing at work, regardless of whether or not there was defense being played to the highest degree, the true elite level NBA passing that we got to witness was unreal. Watching LeBron and Curry go to work together, like, this is what All-Star is meant for. And I'm glad that, you know, through all the controversy, through all the problems, through the COVID scare, at the end of the day, the NBA put on a made-for-TV event, and this All-Star game truly showed why we have this event. And you know, I'm glad that it happened at the end of the day. Oh, yeah, man. I'm glad that it happened. It gave us some great entertainment on a on a Sunday night. And, you know, the, the clips that it provides gave me entertainment all week. I love watching Giannis say, guys, I, I know it's the All-Star game, but get back on defense. <laughs> get back on defense. Back on defense. Come on. Come on. <laughs> I will say, Matt, Embiid was sorely missed in this game. Looking at what Giannis did inside, right, thinking about what KD's team would have had with Embiid on the other end. Like, I don't think we would have had this 170-150 blowout with an absolute monster in the paint. Because I don't think Giannis would have had the same game. Yeah, I totally agree that if Embiid was on the court, he would have affected Giannis a little bit more. 
But hey, it happens, and uh, we got Giannis his uh, MVP, his Kobe Bryant trophy, which means a ton to him. Yeah, and is uh, very important. So I love that, and uh, I love the after the game, and he's joking about how he should have gone Milwaukee. This is for this you. is for you. <laughs> yeah, that would have been amazing to see. Oh, <laughs> uh, gotta love it, man! But there's been no other basketball except for last night. Which game do you want to start with? I mean, um, uh, uh, I guess we can talk about the Wizzlies and Grizzlies game. Wait, did I say Wizzlies and Grizzlies? Oh, man. This is how much I cared about the basketball games that got played last night. Like, Grizzlies got a W. Mavericks got a W. Those would have been the teams that I picked, so. JV last night, man, looking like a monster with 29 and 20. And then Luka Doncic with the 33rd triple-double of his career. At the ripe old age of 21. Like, or, oh, he's 22, sorry. His birthday was on the 28th of February. Oh, no. Wow. Still such a ridiculous stat. I'm gonna, I, I, I gotta feel like I gotta come with a, a stat in, like, a week or two of, like, hey, Matt, over, under, this is how many triple doubles he's gonna get in his career, because, like, the kid is a monster. And when KP's putting up 28 and 14 beside you on 11 and 17, you're gonna get that W. And it's crazy that so many executives around the league think that he might still be available for trade because uh, when Kristaps Porzingis is on, like he's so good besides Doncic. The unicorn, man. The unicorn. Katie nicknamed him, and it is appropriate. But let's talk about the week ahead and some of the games that are exciting. I mean, it's a weird week. You know, some days we got good games, some days we don't. Thursday, you know, Nets and Celtics, like tonight, that's going to be a banger. Suns and Blazers should be interesting, you know, thinking about different sides of the conference. Golden State and Clippers, like, we got some bangers ahead tonight. Meanwhile, you look at tomorrow and the Heat versus the Bulls is probably the headliner of the best games. Like, some days you're on and some days you're off, Matt. Yeah, man. Friday's games do not look that good. Even Saturday's games, like Dallas-Denver, that's a decent game. But that's just because you got Luka versus the Joker. Both teams are middling in the playoffs right now, so they're jockeying for that position. Sunday, I want to see Zion take on the Clippers because I love Zion, and I think the Clippers Clippers could get beaten that game. I mean, they don't exactly have the best inside defensive presences. I love Ibaka, but... You know, outside shooting game. But, uh, yeah, that should be really interesting. I mean, I want to see Zion, you know, go off for 50. But who knows when that's going to happen. Monday. One day. Yeah, well, one day that'll happen. Monday we got Clippers and Mavs. So Clips will hopefully be rebounding against New Orleans to play against the Mavs. So if everything goes right for you, that should be two L's for the Clippers in your mind. 100%, buddy. <laughs> you know I picked Luka last year against them in the playoffs. That is very true. I forgot about that. We also got Lakers and Warriors, which, I mean, AD should be coming back soon and hopefully will be healthy. And Steph Curry doing Steph Curry things, how could we not say that that game will be exciting? Yeah, man. When a, when you got a player who can shoot a three and turn around and still hit it, you know, got to love that game. Uh, Boston versus the Jazz. Boston with Marcus Smart getting back. On Tuesday and the Jazz, that's going to be a, an impactful game for them to try and climb that ladder to the top of the table like we talked about. And then Wednesday, that the top of the table in the East, the Bucks, the Sixers, that's going to be a wild one. 
Embiid's actually going to get a shot at Giannis in this one. Well, that's it, right? We'll be farther. We'll be far back in the week. So Simmons and Embiid will be back, and it'll be exciting to watch them go at each other. Ah, oh, man, I'm still sad. I still think Embiid would have been a dominant presence in this game with the true lack of inside defensive play that happened in this All-Star game. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. Well, he'll get a chance to prove it next Wednesday night. I think that's about it for the games ahead. I mean, not the Raps games ahead, though. Because I think we should roll into Raptors chat, bro. I'm on board. Crazy, crazy times ahead for this team, Matt. We're no longer 500. We had a weird scare. We're not going to have, you know, the same five dudes back in our first game tonight against the Hawks. But looking ahead at these four games, Matt, Hawks, Hornets, Bulls, Pistons. Again, beginning of the season, we should be putting W's on the calendar. So... Do I say it, Matt? Is this the week where we know what team we're going to be? Question mark? Nah, man. I don't think that we're going to figure it out for a while. <laughs> I think we, we've we been talking about it all year. I think we already know, man. We're middling. We're, we're right in the middle of the table, which is probably the worst place to be in any sports league. It's It's purgatory. You don't get a good draft pick. You can't make it far into the playoffs. I would like to see this team make a trade. And with Kyle Lowry coming out and saying that he would definitely retire as a Raptor, even if it being on a one-day contract, kind of makes me lean towards the fact that Masai's talked to him and let him know that if the deal is right, he's going to be out the door. No, you're you're 100% right. Like I think that the two of them have put aside their differences, you know, and have really accepted that. And... and of course, Kyle would love the opportunity to go win another ring. Like, I can't imagine what that rush that he felt, you know, at the end of that game six, you know, with the ball getting thrown up in the air, like how excited he truly was. So, yeah, if the right deal comes around, if we can get the right young pieces and the right picks to send Lowry away for him to have an opportunity, I would love that. I'm just worried because I just don't know where that opportunity is, where the right picks come from. If it's Philly, like, yeah, I like Matisse Thibel, but. Are they willing to give up enough of their young picks for Kyle Lowry? Like, that's the true problem in my mind, Matt, is what teams value Kyle. Because we know what his value is. But the other teams in the league, I don't think, have the same uh, opinion. Yeah, man. it's It's been like that for a while, though. You know, teams have been talking down on, on the Raptors and on Kyle Lowry for years until he won that, that championship. And now he's regarded as, a, as an elite point guard. He's regarded as a winner. And I love that. I hope we can extract some value out of him because at the end of the day, we definitely need to get younger. We definitely need to start focusing on retooling and restructuring our roster to to be competitive in the next couple of years, not not today. You're right. It's we we said a few weeks ago the the, the championship window is probably closed and and now it's time to look at the assets, let the young kids rise. We have pieces, we have talent and I'm interested to see where the options go. I'm hoping for a 4 week. Like, I'm hoping we have some good games and, you know, we get some, some positivity out of our young studs. But at the end of the day, I won't be sad if uh, we start taking some L's and going towards the lottery. Yeah. Fade for Cade, man. Guy looked good today against Virginia. So I mean, He's a stud. Okay, Matt. I will say it was International Women's Day this week, and I do want to mention that 
There was a report that came out that there's going to be a Raptors All-Women's broadcast on March 24th against the Nuggets. Uh, I'm going to fail these names. Uh, Megan McPeak, Kia Nurse, Kayla, Kayla Gray, and Kate Beerness, and Amy... Uh, oh, I can't do this. Kate Burness. Kate Burness. Yeah, I wrote that down terribly. And Amy Oddbert? I can't say that. Either way, they're going to call March 24th to get the Nuggets. That's super exciting. I love that type of opportunity. The only other Man. thing... Yeah, go ahead, Matt. It's, it's absolutely awesome. Uh, I know on Monday, I wish the, the women in my life a uh, happy International Women's Day because I would not be who I am today without them. They helped shape me. They helped push me. Gotta love, gotta love solid, beautiful, amazing women in your life. Amen, Matt. I could not have said it better. The only other Raptors thing this week, Matt, is Henry Ellison. He's getting a 10-day contract. Obviously, the Raptors' 905 season unfortunately came to a close. They lost to the Delaware Bluecoats in the semifinals, 127-100. to Matt, they were the best offensive team in the G League. They had a 12-3 record, but they were 15th in defense, and it was their big problem, and it came to show, and they signed Henry to keep him around and see if he could potentially be a part of our roster, and uh, a tall power forward who can shoot? I ain't going to say no. Man, he had some pretty good stats in the G League. Um, we have a thinner front court. I know that we've got OG and Pascal and Utah and Boucher, but I mean, past Pascal and, and OG, who are really more suited for the three, um, it gets pretty thin out there. So I'm, I'm hoping to see Henry step up and, and show that he can play at this level because he showed that he could dominate at the 905 level. So, man, I'm praying for the guy. Hopefully that 10-day contract works out. The last 10-day contract that we signed, hmm. you called that guy was going to make the team and be an integral part of our team, Utah. That's true. That I and did. Hopefully, Ellison could do the same. Well, unfortunately, I don't know enough about Ellison, so I can't make a call like I did for Utah, but Utah absolutely still killing it for the Raps. I'm excited, Matt. We get to watch a game tonight. It feels like it's been so long, and I'm hoping that tonight versus the Hawks will be a good time, will be exciting, and... Uh, Let's go Raptors. Absolutely, man. Let's let's bring it this week. Let's see if we can do it. Um, you down to do some mystic predictions? I am, Matt. And I'm going to double down. I'm going to stand firm. I've come to bargain with the curse. The Utah Jazz have three games this week. They're currently at 27 wins. Before the All-Star, I said that they were going to be the first team to 30 wins. I'm going to double down, and this time next week, I'll be talking about a 30-win Utah Jazz team. Now, you think they get to the 30 wins before Phoenix, Lakers, Clippers, and the 76ers? Hmm, okay, I, I can see that they've got a three-game lead. It's a pretty safe call, but I'll, I'll, I'll take it. Matt, Rockets, Warriors, and Celtics this week. It's tough, but if they do it, mm, I'll be super excited. Yeah, the, the Warriors and Celtics games are the only kind of nerve-wracking spot for them. I'm going to go in a different direction. I'm going to go with a player. My boy, Luka Doncic, he let me down in the skills competition. But I'm going to say he's going to have a triple-double in 50% of his games this week. And those 50% are going to be both against the Clippers. Pretty your first, folks. Ooh, well, I mean, he's put up so many so far. Quietly having an unreal season. We both think that he should be more of an MVP conversational candidate, but hey, if he keeps putting up these numbers, he'll hopefully make his way back into the conversation. He's dragged them back into the playoffs, man. So 
he could definitely get into the into the MVP conversation. I mean, Westbrook won it as a sixth seed. Why can't Luca? You got it there, Matt. I think it was a few weeks ago you were saying that it was not uh, the team had nothing to do with anybody else. It was Luka Doncic getting wins and nobody else, and that was all. Facts. Hi, <laughs> Kev. I think that's it, man. Beautiful. Well, thanks, everybody, for being here. You can check out more from us at theboardsports.net. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Board Sports. This podcast is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Follow us for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.